Conversations with gospel artists, pastors Our faith is what got us through all the troubles and disasters Indeed we fell short, but the Lord never passed us Our belief in God is the most important factor It's the Velika B Project You're now tuned in to the Velika B Project With your host, Velika B Lover of God, founder and CEO of Set Apart and Chosen Sit back and relax and enjoy the conversation. Hello, 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 Facebook family, IG family, YouTube family, radio. Yeah, this will be on the radio as well. In podcast family, it's your girl, B, founder and CEO of Set Apart and Chosen. I am excited about tonight. You know, normally on Mondays, I come in and check on my family, but I'm going to do a little something different tonight. I am bringing in a coach with me, which I'm excited about, and I can't wait to introduce you to him. So family, if you're coming in, let me let you know that this is a live, live, all the way live broadcast. So it's not pre-recorded. So give me a shout out real quick where you're logging in from. I would like to know where you're logging in from. And then we will bring in my guests, please. And thank you. And if you see me looking down, fam, I am trying to share this broadcast. So I would be grateful if you would share it as well. Do me a favor. Where you logging in from as you're coming in? Give me a shout where you're logging in from. Please, and thank you. You don't know how we do on Mondays. It's just a little different because I got a guest coming in with me. So give me a shout out where you're logging in from. Please and thank you. <laughs> All right. So hold on. Let me share this broadcast. Let me share here. All right, fam. So. Virgin Islands, thank you, Cynthia. Thank you for being obedient and let me know where you're lagging in from. Thank you, sis. Appreciate that. But Tennessee is in the building. Do me a favor, guys. This is going to be a special night because I'm dedicating this night. It's going to be called Love, Relationship, Goals, whatever we want to call it. We know it's um, quote-unquote Valentine's Day, Love Day, which love should be every day. But um, I'm excited. Let's see. You are in... Stamps, AR, Philly's in the building, Mississippi, Detroit, Louisiana, not Louisiana, Lord, not Louisiana, Illinois, y'all know I just finished, let me tell you, background, I just did an interview on IG, so now I'm jumping over here, so if it sounds like I'm rushing, then I just ran into the kitchen to grab me some water, and I said, y'all forget, I'm a little out of shape, but really quick, let me give a background on who I'm bringing in for this um interview, hold on for a second. Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews is in the building. He is a, I'm saying a love coach. Correct me, um, Chris. I'm bringing you on. What's up, fam? How you doing? Glad to be here. Uh, Representing for love <laughs> on today. Yeah, I take love coach, but uh, by trade, by title, a licensed marriage and family therapist, also a relationship coach. But love coach sounds better. I'll take that. Love <laughs> but we're gonna give you your titles. You went to school for them titles now. I'm gonna let you have your titles. <laughs> so look really quick, we got some people all over the place. My husband car currently in Atlanta. Okay, ATL. That's what 
I know you, Miss Briggs. <laughs> Michigan, Ronnie, stay on. I want you to do not go anywhere. Everybody do me a favor, share this broadcast. It's going to be a very special broadcast on tonight. Ohio's in the building, Regina, Texas. While I'm looking at everything and I want to do some, um, go in here and do some comments as well. Chris, give them a little background about what you're doing. And everybody, this is a live broadcast. It's live, live, all the way live. But go ahead, Chris. Definitely. So, um, you know, the first thing people usually ask me is how did I get into the field? They're not a lot of black men in counseling. And then those that are typically don't specialize working with couples. And just a brief background, my story started out when I was in college. I was dating my wife and we unexpectedly got pregnant and did what a lot of people do. You, you run to your pastor, you run to your parents and you try to figure that situation out. And a lot of times in those moments, your family may have a conflict of interest and the pastors will do a great job of praying. But at the end of the day, the baby's still coming. So in college and in school I was at, they had a counseling center and I went to a, a predominantly white school and I looked around in the counseling center and nobody looked like me. Mm. So that led me to somewhat figure it out on my own. I leaned on my faith-based community, um, have really good support from my, my girlfriend at the time, current wife now. And we buckled down together and we figured it out against all odds. We were able to graduate on time. We, we were able to raise our, our son. And we did this even in, in, in a long distance relationship. She was at another university doing her studies. So from that journey of being a teen father, grinding, going through school, falling in love, I end up learning how to establish a healthy relationship the hard way. And once my wife and I got settled, graduated, I, I knew without a doubt I wanted to go into the health and human service field. I started out working in uh, substance abuse counseling and then worked my way back into school to get a master's in marriage and family therapy. And I chose marriage and family therapy because uh, outside of the title, it actually is designed to help people from a systemic perspective. So essentially working with two more people and marriage and family therapists are one of the few, if not the only professionals who have to obtain a lot of experience prior to graduating and even post-graduation working exclusively, exclusively with just couples. So why is that important? Because a lot of times when people look out for counseling, they, they see the letters behind the names. In my region, licensed clinical social workers and licensed clinical, licensed clinical mental health counselors are more prevalent. And if you go out west, you'll see a lot of licensed marriage and family therapists. Well, your social workers and your licensed clinical mental health counselors, they're not required to get systemic training or working with two or more people prior to graduating. So that's the difference. And we also, as licensed marriage and family therapists, are required to get more hours working in general when it comes to one-on-one -on -one client work versus we don't get credit for case notes and uh, things of that nature, what they call indirect hours. So I wanted to get well-trained in the profession and the craft and go beyond just giving my opinion. Don't get me wrong. I use my personal experience and relate to clients in session, but I'm also backing that with proven techniques, proven tools beyond just what I think might work. So that's what led me into the field because I wanted to make sure that other young men, other young women, other, you know, people that look like me have someone they can go to and relate to their situation, whether it be having a child unexpectedly or dealing with a newlywed or uh, an engagement situation or 
already being married. My wife and I have been together 16 years, going on 13 years married. And those first seven years, those first you know couple years, I call it the deployment phase. Mm-hmm. It's no shame in getting help. It's no shame in, in reaching out to somebody to help you out in those initial phases. And then every seven years beyond, your marriage goes through a reset. So I just take so much pride and joy and thankful to God to have the opportunity and privilege to serve people in the capacity as a licensed marriage and family therapist. And I exclusively predominantly work with couples. I work with individuals, but I still keep the content around relationships. So that might look like couples who are transitioning out of a marriage and they're they're single and they want to reflect and pick up the pieces and get back into the dating or courtship game or those that are currently married or those that are in the engaged in premarital phase. So anything around relationships, that's what I typically specialize in helping people and couples with. Um, so that's a little bit about me, my background, and what got me into the field. Awesome. Awesome. Let's jump into it. <laughs> Guys, do me a favor. As, you, um, as you're coming in, if you have any questions for Chris, let him, let us know. And I'll... Um, if it's okay, I'll I'll bring the questions to him. If it's not, I'm kind of put it on hold and me and him will discuss it and we'll come back the next time <laughs> to ask them. Let me see. Okay, cool. So tonight is Valentine's night, um, love night, whatever people want to call it. Some people don't even care for the name of Valentine. But far as relationship, and I was talking to you earlier about it, sometimes as couples or I'm not going to even blame women because sometimes men can choose the wrong mate partner. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of times we see, we see the signs, the red flags, they're always there. But as for me, for, as a woman, sometimes we feel like, like my ex, I was married before, but I'm married now again, but like my ex, I knew all the signs was there, but Sometimes in your head and your mindset, you feel like, hey, I can fix this person. Oh, he never had a, a woman to love him like I do. Um, I'll fix him. But some people are not really for us to fix. Mm-hmm. And I know you may have heard that before. So how do you feel about people coming in and say, hey, I'm going to change that person. I'm going to fix that person. And they're going to be the way I feel like they should be. But they're not even thinking about how God made them or where they are in this um, this time period. So what do you think about fixing relationships? or No, not relationships, but another person fixing another person. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's a great question. So what I, what I see a lot of times, someone will not really be intentional when they fall in love with a person, right? It's usually a homegirl or homeboy sets you up with somebody or you were at a bar or a club or even at church and you saw someone that you were attracted to. And I start there because a lot of times people don't have the intentions in terms of what they're looking for to start with. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure you've heard of that phrase. If you uh, stand, if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for anything. I know I might mess that up, but basically if you don't have a plan and you go into it, you're going to take whatever is given to you versus what you deserve. So a lot of times people will, want to fix someone because they've already fallen in love. They might've already began to be intimate with that person. They might've already felt like they've invested time, energy, or money. And at that point, the evil or the devil, you know, is either than the devil is, is more comfortable than the devil you don't know. So at that point, it really becomes a retreat in terms of, I just want to retain and you're really, you know, fighting a lose, lose battle. You said that you were you know married prior. 
how long did you stay with your partner even after you knew it wasn't working? Um, I saw the flags all the way there. He ended up on drugs. Mm-hmm. And that's when the, the, I can help fix him. We're going to bring a pastor and counseling and all of this in. But if I'm not mistaken, he probably still on them. Um, So one thing about marriage to me is once you're married, that's, you know, you shouldn't. But, you know, if it goes downhill, then yes. But marriage to me is forever. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we handicap ourselves because we feel like it's forever. So that was that was my handicap. So, yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of couples are like that. You know, that commitment is serious. And when you make that commitment before God, you don't want to, uh, you know, falter. You want to stand, you want to stake it out, but it's not really your choice. When you go into a relationship, you still have yourself. It's two people coming together into a shared space. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the original question was people who want to try to get into a relationship to fix the person. A lot of those people hadn't fixed themselves first. True. And you think about the equation. A negative and a positive still equal a negative. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, you have to be intentional and write a list out of what you want. And that's something I actually did. I tell the story about how when I met my wife, I already knew what I was looking for. And one of the major qualities that I was looking for in my wife is a woman that not, had not been hurt drastically by another man before. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to pick up the pieces of, of, of another person that had been hurt. And, and we, we met young, so that's easier said than done, especially if you're later on in life looking for somebody that might be a tough one. But the goal of me sharing that is making sure that you know what you want and don't settle and waver for that. I think sometimes people just take the first thing that comes or the first person that they might have had sex with that felt good or the person that might have swept them off their feet versus really taking the time to go through an evaluation and make sure that person was right. And and it's very prevalent that someone might be using drugs or they might come and demonstrate abusive techniques or behaviors later on in the relationship. So, um, you know, a lot of people are hurting and, you know, you've heard the phrase hurt people hurt other people. So a lot of times if you're hurting that may not be the best time to go find a relationship. You may want to gain that healing and build yourself up first and find someone at your level. That sounds good. We have a question for um, from Ms. Um, Griggs. Um, can you speak on knowing your spouse or significant other love language? Great question. So the five love languages, for those that are not familiar, it was a book written by Dr. Gary Chapman who's actually out of North Carolina, where I'm at in North Carolina as well. And I like to reframe the love languages to love actions. So love is is an action word. It's not just a feeling. So when you identify what your partner's love language is, at that point, you're identifying what they need to feel loved by you. Uh, In my own relationship, my wife, she loves acts of service and she enjoys quality time. So when people are asking on today, hey, where'd you get your wife for Valentine's Day? Well, we called and got, you know, a painter to come in and, and, and paint the house. <laughs> you know, like that's an act of service. I'm not a painter, but that money I would have spent on flowers, roses, uh, a $250 dinner, we, we can put that toward getting the house painted. So, um, you know, she actually appreciated that a lot more than me just buying some flowers. It was an act of service and that was her language. And a lot of times with men that I counsel, 
they want or desire physical contact as a as a, a, a love language. And it's not called the love language that you want. It's the love language your partner needs. And I always tell couples in counseling, practice the platinum rule, not the golden rule, right? The golden rule is treat people the way you want to be treated. But what if what if you actually do the platinum rule, which is give your partner the love language they want, not the love language you just want to impose upon them? Mm-hmm. So. We have another great question uh, from Miss Grayson. As being married for 28 years, you have to communicate. This is not a question, a statement. You have to communicate before sex is involved. <laughs> yeah, that's easier said than done for most people. Right, that's what I was saying. <laughs> so, so, I mean, let's talk about that for a second, right? Because sex is an important part of the intimate relationship. Mm-hmm. And I would say that the part that people miss with sex is the psychological component. Mm-hmm. If you begin to give your body to someone before you gave them, or you understood the mind part at that point, you kind of, you did it backwards. So, you know, the, 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 the person that left the comment is absolutely right. If you communicate before sex, then you might understand through that communication, you don't need to have sex with that person. Right. And, the sex is designed to create connection. It's a tool. Sex is a tool. It makes you closer to the person, especially if it's good sex. So why would you want to be closer to somebody that doesn't have a job or doesn't have the income that you would like to help sustain a family with you? Why would you want to be closer to someone who doesn't have the character or the skills that would be required to build a family or a supportive home life? So the person is absolutely right. You need to use the communication to decipher what that person is bringing to the table before you use the tool of sex to get closer to somebody. But hold on, you just said something um, Mm -hmm. about not having a job or whatever. Now, in this age, let's just be honest. Women, women, women make more money than men sometimes. Like (laughs) most of the time, you know. but and how how okay oh this is a good one this is a good one as a woman make more money than a man and she really can can take care of herself in her household how do that woman allow a man to be the man of the house great question so there are different ways to provide besides just money a mm-hmm. lot of men and women for that matter think the word providing is just bringing home a check If I was in a position where my wife made more money than me, I'm providing by ensuring that other needs and necessities around the home are met. So if you have a man that you might make more money than, but he knows how to cook, he knows how to make sure that when it's time for the kids to get a bath, he knows how to help with homework. He's taking kids to, to, to sports events. He's there supporting the other needs. And on top of that, he's not cheating, he's faithful. Then those are other things he's providing. He's providing security. He's providing the ability for you to help or to help raise a family where you don't have to be by yourself. He's providing loyalty. So let's expand our our vision or definition of what providing is. Mm-hmm. You know, providing isn't just making the money. Providing comes in a lot of different other ways too. And there are a lot of good men and women for that matter that are providing way more than just money to the relationship. Okay, and this kind of piggyback off that same question. And Ronnie, I want to touch on your question in just a second. 
I have a couple of different girlfriends who have never been married before and they really have been single all this time living, you know, in their household themselves, maintaining everything from taking out the trash uh, to paying all the bills. So how, if you've been single for so long, let's say 10, 15 years, how do your mindset change when you're so used to doing things yourself? And also too, it's like, oh, don't forget to take out the trash or don't forget, like you're talking to that man like they're a child, but you're not intentionally doing it. But that's the way you're used to talking to your kids too, you know, like stuff that they're already used to doing. And then a person come in and you want to make sure stuff is getting done. Like I take out this on Tuesdays. I do this on Thursdays. So how can that not come off like being demanding or you trying to run me type of thing? Yeah. So what you're describing is the beginning phases of any relationship where you have to create the structure and the standards. I call that the deployment phase. You have to understand that whenever there are guidelines created, those are designed for next time. So I had to learn my wife's style and patterns. When we first got married and we moved in together, I remember she cooked dinner one night and I ate. It was great. And I got up and went and sat and started watching TV. And she politely was like, no, 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 no. This is what we're going to do. We're going to eat dinner at the table together. Then you're going to either start giving that kid a bath and get him ready, or you're going to do the dishes and I'll do the kid, but we're going to, we're going to take turns because if we come together and do this, then we can enjoy ourselves and each other. So I think with that being said, at that phase of the relationship, you don't sound like a child or you're belittling the man. You're helping call the game play. I use a lot of analogies and think about in football. You got to call a play in a huddle. So everyone knows what to do. The same in a relationship. You and your partner are coming together to create that play so you know what to do. If you want certain things done a particular way or vice versa, how will you know if you don't communicate? Just like the just like the gentleman said, communication equals love. So you communicating that you might need the trash taken out. My wife needs the dishes done before we go to bed every night. She doesn't want to wake up in the morning with a dirty sink with yeah. dishes everywhere. That's not her belittling me. She's giving me the expectations of what she might desire in a mate. So I believe that that's natural. That's normal. And if a man or a woman, for that matter, doesn't want to be a student and learn, then how are they really going to know how to love you? Awesome. Ronnie, um, Ronnie Jones asked the question. So for me and my wife, I had a statement that um, I still go by to this day. That is without trust and communication. There is no love. And this has helped us for 16 years. And great statement, Ronnie. That's why Ronnie's had 16 years together, because when you look at the trust part, that goes into there's only four reasons why couples either break up or don't stay together or, for that matter, come to counseling. Right. And, and one of the things I wrote my book on and I, and I practice, I, I built the foundation of my career on these four things. Right? right. If a partner doesn't feel safe, heard, understood or cared for. So when Ronnie talks about trust, that's the foundation of a relationship, feeling safe. Mm -hmm. His partner can trust Ronnie's where he says he's going to be. His partner can trust Ronnie's going to come home. Mm -hmm. His partner is going to trust Ronnie can generate, whether it be financial support, emotional, spiritual, et cetera. He's going to support the family. For Ronnie to even be tuned in right now 
on an episode of your show, listening to how he can better himself in relationship, that goes into how Ronnie is who he is now. So that's character. Right. And and he's right. If he doesn't communicate, how is he going to learn what to correct? How is he going to get the validation he needs to keep doing the right things in his marriage? So trust and communication do lead to a successful relationship. And Ronnie did say, Ronnie said he's also 38. So (laughs) he's been dealing (laughs) for a while. Guys, do me a favor. I just dropped the link in the chat. If we have one person to come on before we check out, um, you're welcome to come on and ask a question. Um, Ms. Grayson, I would definitely love um, for you to jump on because you have a couple of different comments, which are great, too. Um, So if you want to jump and click that link and jump in, we welcome you. Um, to come on really quick. So if you have any other question, guys, go ahead and drop them in the um, in the chat, if you don't mind. And I know this is a surprise that I had this tonight, but we're going to do this again, I think, next Monday, right, Chris? I believe so, yes. We're going to do it for the next four weeks. So definitely um, let your friends and fam you know, know that what we have going on. And you can also, again, jump in if you have a question. Ronnie, if you want to come on as well, you can. Anybody in the chat that would like to just chime in, click the link, come on, um, come on and just ask your question really quick or you can ask it inside of the chat. Now, before we came on live, y'all, I wanted to. Um, oh, OK, then look, you don't have to show your um, Miss Grayson. You don't have to show your face. You can um, just come on and let us hear your voice. Listen, I get where the hair is a mess. That's the, yeah, I have to, yeah. <laughs> so you don't have to show your face if you don't want to. You can just um, leave your camera off if you want to ask a question. It's totally up to you. But my question earlier to Chris was, Chris, now I'm I'm, I'm, I'm tired of Kanye and I'm going back and forth. Kanye and Kim going back and forth. But that was my question to Chris. Like, with the red flags again, I knew that... Kim saw some of these flags. She saw some of these flags. And now it's like, what is it going to take for her to finally get rid of Kanye? Four kids later, a marriage, four kids later. And you know what? To be honest with you, all jokes aside, Chris, I'm kind of worried about Kim. Now. I'm worried about the little boyfriend. I'm worried about Kim. I'm not worried about the kids. I think the kids would be fine, but I'm honestly worried about them. So what's your input and feedback on that? Well, the first thing, I, I wouldn't be worried. Kanye might do all that on, on social media, but he ain't going to mess the money up. No, but no, his his little fan base. Now, he got a little fan base. From him. That's what I'm talking about, the fan. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to do anything outlandish. You know, I think I think at the end of the day, um, back to back to your initial point with, with Kim, when you have children with somebody, that's an attachment. She has four attachments with Kanye. So at the end of the day, they're going to have to co-parent. He's never going to be eradicated from her life and vice versa. Yeah. And I believe we all want that ideal fairy tale. We want the opportunity to be with the person who we've had kids with, even if that person may not be right for us. So that's normal to see a lot of times. I don't believe that we can really go deep into the minds of people who pretty much are in a a celebrity outlet, like a celebrity where they can do anything, go anywhere, have anything they want. I mean, that's a whole nother mentality right there where, I mean, the average person doesn't have the means and the resources they have. And at the end of the day, we're talking about them. Every time we talk about Kim and Kanye, they're making money. So 
It's really helping their brand just to be talked about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what what better what better grand gesture on Valentine's Day than send Kim a truck with roses and, and we're going to be talking about it like we are now. So I think it's just masterful marketing, to be honest with you. So, I would have been like, turn. I, I don't want no roses. Take them back. Take them back. I'm good. Good, 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 good. Because you don't want to be misleading either, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I think a lot of times, though, people like the attention. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, I wonder if, if he would have just stayed with the girlfriend he had and, and paid her no mind, if that would have been a better approach to get her back than if he's giving her all this attention and looking desperate. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe women like when you when you kind of forget about them. And, 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 and you know, I, I mean, that's a question for you. I think sometimes women would prefer to 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 not want all of the grand gesture and, and it makes you look desperate. No, a desperate man. Let me tell you, honest to God, I would want peace. That's what I want, peace. Give me peace. <laughs> I don't care about all the gestures and all the money and all that fame stuff. Give me peace. Yeah, I already she, have. She, she can buy anything he can buy. <laughs> huh? She, she can buy anything he can buy. So, Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, Miss Grayson, um, and this will be the last question for the night. Miss Grayson said, my question is how to encourage her adult children to get married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we both say, woo. So l- let's break it down for a second. Would okay. you want your adult children to marry the wrong person? For them not to be married now, that may mean that they are in a position where they haven't met the right person to marry. I, th- I think right. sometimes parents may desire children to get married. I, like when my wife and I had our son, we waited to get married because we wanted to make sure it was right, but our parents were pressuring us. Like, hey, you need to get married. You have a kid. So sometimes I think parents or people might want you to get married so so they look good versus is that the person you need to be with or not? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I recall my mother, you know, hey, you're disrespecting the family. You have a kid out of wedlock. You need to get married versus my wife and I were like, no, we're going to slow down and make sure this is going to be right. We don't want to just get married because it looks good for the family. We want to get married because we love each other and spend the rest of our lives together. So right. I think, um, you know, family members have to be mindful of boundaries. And if they haven't, if, if your kids hadn't gotten married yet, then, then that may be because they know in their hearts it's not the person they need to marry or they haven't found someone yet. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. I want to kind of keep it limited to 30 minutes, um, but we'll definitely be back on next Monday asking Chris the family and relationship questions again. So if you have any questions that you want to bring back on next week, please feel free. Uh, we'll be here same time, same place, nine o'clock next Monday. So Chris, let them know how they can follow you and how they can stay connected to you. Yeah, definitely. So on YouTube, relationship counseling tools, also on Instagram, relationship counseling tools. You can follow me or you can go to my uh, direct website, Chris A. Matthews. Chris C H R S A Matthews M A T T H E W S Chris A Matthews or relationship counseling tools on IG Facebook and that's how you can follow me. You can also look at the materials we have and on Amazon if you look at uh, my books. I have audio books and I have workbooks as well. So uh, that's going to be finding your relationship fixed. The four reasons couples seek counseling. By Chris A. Matthews. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us again on tonight. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. And we're going to talk about more relationship in a little bit. We're going to dabble into the family perspective as well. So, all right, we'll see you next week. If you have any questions, please send it over to Set Apart and Chosen at um, admin at setapartandchosen.com or download the, the Set Apart and Chosen app, which is free, 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 and send over your questions there as well. God bless you guys. We will see you soon. Bye-bye. Hold on, Chris. Well, that concludes this episode of the Velika B Project with your host, Velika B. Until next time we meet, be blessed. The Velika B Project.